it is a child in the womb and that is an image bearer and that life is sacred and should be protected we're not just dealing with a child it's a child in the womb of its mother you can't overlook her you can't and so you got to love them both that's the voice of toby DeBoss, president of the crisis pregnancy center of tidewater he joins us for the second part of our series about the nationwide efforts to cancel out pro-life ministries. How do we counteract the myths and lies with truth and love? Welcome to Speak Up Virginia, equipping you to speak up on the life, family, and freedom issues that matter most to you. From the Family Foundation, I'm your host, Candy Cushman, and I'm joined today by our special guest, Toby DeBoss. Welcome back, Toby. We're excited to have you on with us again. Before we dive right in today, I wanted to mention something on a little bit lighter note. I noticed that you are a Liberty grad. I and am. yeah, and one of our colleagues, Todd, our policy guy, he recently went through this whole emotional process of dropping off his first child to go to college at Liberty. And I think there were a few tears in the family, or at least the mom admits that. So I really want to know, do you have advice for parents going through these sorts of emotions, especially this time of the year? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I do. And it's a very spiritual answer. I would say to Todd, Todd, sing happy birthday to yourself. And and, and here's why. My um, I, I've never had to drop a kid off at college. I mean, my daughter, she went to college locally. But last year, she got married. And having to walk her down the aisle was a very emotional moment for me. Like the night before when we were in rehearsal, I was, I was crying the whole night. If I, if I could be honest with you, I mean... Yes, that was me. I was just crying the whole night. And so the next day when she was to be married, uh, right before we walked down the aisle, a friend of mine sent me a text and, and, and said, sing happy birthday to yourself. So I looked at Emma and I said, I'm singing happy birthday to myself right now. So we started walking down the aisle. Halfway through, I, I, I see my future son-in-law and I look at my, my daughter and, and then I started getting weepy. And I, I, and I looked at Emma and I said, Emma, let's start singing happy birthday. So it worked out. <laughs> <laughs> it, it fought back the tears for me. So I think happy birthday in a bucket of wings and you're good. <laughs> and was she able to be in that moment with you or she's just, is she just like, dad, stop talking about happy birthday. I'm, try I'm trying to get married here. Like, was she able to laugh with you in that whole moment? She was so kind and she just sang along. She didn't <laughs> she question did. it. She That's just, so cute. she just sang along. So we were humming and oh, singing happy birthday, walking down the aisle. Yes. What a great memory. Yes. Well, getting into our topic, I hate to kind of go off that because that's fun, but we're going to go into more serious matters here. Last week, we talked about just the wave of attacks pro-life clinics like yours, the Crisis Pregnancy Center of Tidewater, have been experiencing. And a lot of those attacks are centered around this whole accusation that they are, quote, fake clinics. And that does seem to be this new talking point memo that all the left-wing politicians and media, abortion lobbies, they're all suddenly using that. So I did find it really ironic when you told me that your center was actually the target of fake clients who come in and try to dig up something negative. We don't seem to hear about that side of it. Tell us what's happening with that. Yeah, thank you. So you quoted what these pundits say, which is, you know, that we're fake clinics. And, I, and it's so insulting. I think they do that. I know they do that in an attempt to disparage the good work of our ministries. But I can tell you, there's nothing fake about our clinics. On our team, uh, we have an OBGYN, we have a physician's assistant, we have RDMSs, the registered diagnostic medical sonographers, the RNs. 
Uh, these are licensed medical professionals, and I'm so grateful for them. And, you know, these other pregnancy medical clinics, they're, they're set up in a similar way. So um, we, we are pregnancy medical clinics, but because of the work we do, especially in this post-Roe world, we, we've become the tangible targets of this uh, unrest in, in vitriol. And so within this, we talked before about the violence against pregnancy centers, but yes, also people, there are national groups and regional groups that train up and encourage people to come in and be fake patients in our clinics. And actually, again, I've been around for 22 years. We've seen fake patients over the years. They've, they've been attempting to do this for a long time, but, but since the leaked document and since Roe's been overturned, we've seen an onslaught of fake patients coming into our clinics. Now, do you have a way to kind of spot these people? I'm just curious. Yeah, you know, sometimes it's just really obvious. And I won't say here how we know because I don't want to educate them on how we know, but we know. And sometimes it's very clear. And, and I'll be honest with you, Candy, like it's been so intense lately that I have been talking to some legal professionals about, you know, this activity and what they're doing. Well, I know a lot of these people are motivated by what they're hearing at the national level from left-wing leaders. And one of those was U.S. Senator Elizabeth Warren, who has just really launched some of the most vicious verbal attacks against pregnancy resource centers lately. Let's just listen to one of those comments she made while speaking to reporters. In Massachusetts right now, those crisis pregnancy centers that are there to fool people who are looking for pregnancy termination help outnumber true abortion clinics by three to one. We need to shut them down here in Massachusetts and we need to shut them down all around the country. You should not be able to torture a pregnant person like that. Yep, you heard that right. She's calling for people everywhere to shut down centers that help women and their babies across the whole country. Toby, I'm just wondering, do you think this kind of radical approach could actually backfire and in some ways maybe encourage people to help support what you're doing? What are your thoughts on that? Yes, I do think to some degree when we're being attacked so publicly that people who who care about us, that kind of are sitting on the bench, get up and, and they go to action. And I do think that happens. Uh, this particular clip, uh, we're on the radio podcast and people can't see it, but her eyes get so big and you know, you, you're hearing it and it sounds so shrill that you know, people might discount it. Her comments are coming in a sea of comments. I mean, all the major media outlets are just trashing pregnancy centers right now. Uh, I can think of recently an NBC News, what they call expose, where NBC News sent fake patients into clinics in Texas and, and, and they record them while they're in there. And, and that's, what, that's what happens when they send fake patients into our clinics. They're recording too. They're looking for those opportunities to uh, humiliate us to possibly bring litigation against us or legislation against us. That's happened before here in Virginia. Her comments are so unsettling that some people might not take it seriously, but I think when they come in this sea of other comments that are just trashing pregnancy centers and trying to disparage the work, that it does lend to the negativity. It absolutely does, and it hurts. Yeah, and it is so ironic because you hear all the time uh, 
left-wing people talking about how they're so concerned about hate speech and using that as an excuse to censor, but they're not concerned about this kind of hate speech at all, even when we obviously, oh, no. yeah, have documented evidence of violence coming out of this. So just kind of double, double-sided double standard there. Well, in addition to these more physical kind of and verbal attacks, um, we've also been seeing a pretty extensive misinformation campaign going on nationwide. And I wanted to give you a chance to respond to some of those myths out there. Um, tell us about what you're seeing on that front and maybe some suggested responses people can have when they run into these inaccuracies. Yeah, there's so much misinformation out there. I, I think one of the things that comes quickly to mind is how they're talking about miscarriage right now. It's going to be against the law for women to, uh, for doctors to intervene for women who have miscarried. Really, I think most of that is just fear-mongering. But there is some misunderstanding about it. Just typically, people don't use these terms when talking about miscarriage, just, just in the medical community. But in the medical community, they refer to miscarriage. Another way they talk about miscarriage, they call it spontaneous abortion. And of course, um, there's induced abortion. Spontaneous abortion is when the child, the preborn child passes away naturally inside the mom. But induced abortion is when the child is killed inside the mom. So they're two very different things, but because you got the term abortion attached to it, it brings some misunderstanding. And, and I think that helps fuel the fear mongering. Like, you know, it, it makes it plausible in the minds of folks. But I have to tell you, Candy, I, I don't know of any laws where doctors, where it's, it's against the law for a doctor to intervene if a mom has a miscarriage and the baby doesn't pass naturally from the mom or if the mom has an ectopic pregnancy. I've never heard of any laws like that. So uh, again, I think it's just fear mongering. Thanks for joining us for Speak Up Virginia, brought to you by the Family Foundation. If you're enjoying the show, help us encourage others to speak up by giving us a five-star review and sharing it with friends. Thanks for listening. What about, you're also hearing these scare stories that women are not going to be able to get treatment for ectopic pregnancies. Can you just address that real quick? Yeah, it goes right back to that, that, um, you know, I mean, in an ectopic pregnancy, it's not an intrauterine pregnancy. It's outside uh, the uterus, uh, uh, maybe attached to uh, the flipping tube. But there, there is no hope for that child. Like that little one is not going to survive. And for that little one to stay, inside its mom, it will hurt the mother and, and possibly threaten the life of the mother. And so there, again, I don't know of any law that would stop a doctor from intervening and coming to the aid of a mother that has an ectopic pregnancy. What's the best way to counteract those myths and lies going around to scare women? Well, really, isn't it always the truth? just to speak the truth and keep speaking the truth. But, you know, if you can get a voice, there's a C, right? The, uh, the major media is, uh, they're allowing the stuff to come forward. And so, uh, you know, in our ministry, of course, we're speaking truth to it. You know, we served, uh, you can't make this up. We served 2,021 women in the year 2021 last year, wow. record number of women. And uh, we've, we've had a 16% increase in new cases this year. Uh, and so we have the opportunity to speak the truth about these things to this one to these women thousands of times and we do it and we need to keep doing it. The work of pregnancy centers is critical. That is so encouraging. Well, another common refrain we keep hearing is this claim that you can be personally pro-life, 
but support abortion for others or support abortion policy. I would love to hear your advice to those listening who have someone in their life saying something along the lines of, I'm personally pro-life, but I'm going to support a, a woman's right to choose. What is the best way to respond to that, Toby? Yeah, well, you know, first of all, you said uh, for us to help someone who has someone in their life, like this person's in your life. Yeah. So the first way I would encourage them to respond is with grace. You know, don't don't let these issues divide us. Um, and so respond with grace, because when you show grace, which those of us who love Jesus, we, we are to show grace because he's shown us grace. And when we show grace, though, that opens the door for us to share the truth in love. And when you get many opportunities to share the truth in love, over time, that leads to transformation. I heard, uh, I, I hear this refrain, refrain often that you can be uh, pro-life and pro-choice at the same time. I heard Whoopi Goldberg say it recently herself. Um, but we have to put things in really clear terms. And so here's the truth, and I hope to say it as lovingly as I can. When you say, um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm pro-choice, but I'm also pro-life. Well, what you're saying in that moment is maybe, maybe you, uh, you don't support abortion. Like you wouldn't have an abortion, but you don't want to tell someone else that they can't. Okay. And by the way, that is the majority of opinion of Americans that, you know, they don't like the idea of an abortion, but they don't want to tell someone else that they can. But again, let's put it in the clear terms. So you may not decide to kill your child, but what you're saying is you don't want to tell someone else that they can't kill their child. If you're putting it in clear terms, not being sensational, that's kind of like saying you're against child abuse. You wouldn't abuse your child, but you want to, you don't want to tell someone else that they can't abuse their child and so that's just reality that's the truth and we need to say it in love and you know what candy there is a tension point though here and this is the reason why i think most americans struggle with this because i think most americans mean well when they make comments like that because you know it is complicated it's it we're not it is a child in the womb and that is an image bearer and that life is sacred and should be protected right? It's, but, yeah. but it's not, we're not just dealing with a child. It's a child in the womb of its mother. You can't overlook her. You can't. And so you got to love them both. So it is, it is a tension point. It, it's tough, but we can work through this. We absolutely can. Yeah. Well said. Well, I know people who are listening will really want to help support the work of what you're doing, Toby and pregnancy centers in their own areas, what are some practical ways that they can help pro-life pregnancy resource centers? Uh, thanks for asking that question. You know, um, the services we provide in our ministry are free. That we, we never charge our patients uh, anything for the services we provide. But these services cost a lot for us to provide them. So I would say to folks, support your local crisis pregnancy center, like provide financial support. Almost all the pregnancy centers are like us. They don't charge for their services. They don't receive government support. Um, and so I would just say, hey, uh, go online and search for a pregnancy center near me. Like do that, pregnancy center near me. Your pregnancy center should come up. 
and and offer support to this pregnancy center. And usually in these pregnancy centers like ours, there's plenty of opportunities to volunteer and participate in events. And so, uh, you know, it's all of us doing our part. You know, we need the whole community to do this, uh, to come together. How about churches? How can people encourage their churches to get involved in this? Yeah, you know, <laughs> it would bless <laughs> a pregnancy center if a church would just call and say, how can we help? I've been doing this 22 years, and I have to tell you, one of the toughest challenges I've had is uh, getting the local church uh, to come alongside of us in this. I, I feel like it's actually gotten better in recent years, but in our region, there's like over 1,200 churches, and I can only identify a, a couple hundred that, that will really support us. And, um, and there's different levels even within that. So if the church would just reach out, and there's so many opportunities for churches to help. So I was sharing with you in, in one of our segments about how we do parenting classes. And uh, the way we do our parenting classes is we provide the instructor, but we challenge local churches to form teams to come in and help us lead these classes so the church can walk it out with these families for not only in that class, but for years to come. And there's always special projects and things that churches can do and events to participate in. So it'd be great if the local church would just pick up the phone and say, how can we help? That's a great idea. I love that suggestion. And I also heard someone suggest, you know, the church can do a baby shower and have people just bring gifts. You know, what what kind of things? Absolutely. What kind of tangible things can people donate that will help your clinic? Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, you could never donate enough diapers. Candy, I know moms who have taken the macaroni and cheese off of the conveyor belt just so the diapers could stay on it. Gather diapers and onesies and baby shampoo and baby bathtubs and and strollers and pack and plays. Those are awesome. We we give out. Um, I served. We were talking to a mom last night who we served in our parenting class, and her her little boy just turned eight months old, and she's never had to buy a diaper yet. All of her diapers came from us. She earned those diapers going through our parenting classes. It's incentive mm-hmm. based. And it was, we were glad to provide it. So yeah, the churches do that. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Well, last but not least, how can we be praying for you personally and for the staff at the Tidewater Center? A verse comes to mind immediately. We, we always focus on a verse every year. And the verse we're focusing on this year is uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 58. And it just says to be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord, your labor is not in vain. So what we want to do as a ministry, we want to stand firm and we want to press on, even with all this, all that's coming against us right now, all this opposition, but we can do nothing without the Lord. So practically speaking, Candy, uh, if you all would pray that we would have strength to stand firm and the wisdom to press on and navigate, and also pray that the women that we're serving, that they'd still be able to find us, even though there are people who are working really hard to try to stop them from coming to us. Mm. Thank you, Toby, for the work you and your staff are doing and just for being a voice for not only uh, your Pregnancy Resource Center, but those across the nation that are in this battle that we are in to save lives. Thank you so much for being with us. Well, Candy, thank you. I love the Family Foundation. Y'all have blessed the pregnancy centers over and over and over again. I can't imagine being in in this movement without you. So thank you for the great work you do. 
today's show moved your heart to speak up for life and support those on the front lines of the ministry, learn more what you can do by visiting our website at familyfoundation.org. Just look for the After Row banner. And if you'd also like an opportunity to hear one of the nation's most compelling speakers on the sanctity of human life, you will not want to miss our gala on September 24th featuring Dr. Ben Carson. Learn more at familyfoundation.org.